Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. How often, listen, has a church been destroyed by the same thing? A little bit of gossip, a little bit of negative, and pretty soon the whole church is destroyed. Why? Because we didn't go back and trust God and ask for the real reason, get the real facts before the horse was out the gate. Be careful in gossip. Be careful in the things that you carry. If things are going well for you, watch out. When you're coasting along in life, resting in success and accomplishments, it's easy to get lax about your spiritual health. As we'll hear today, David's victories see him kicking back and resting in his own strength. This is the time when he will fall into temptation because he is in that me zone. When you're feeling strong, remember to be more alert. Areas of temptation that we think are far off can become a struggle in a moment. There's no area of sin that we can fall prey to. The enemy is well-versed in our weaknesses, so have God at your back. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 19, verse 4, with today's study. think David, our enemy, has sent these men with sincere thanks and condolences? You got to be kidding me. He sent them here as spies. Now, let me just stop for a moment. How do you look at people? How do you look at situations? When you look at something, do you always look at the negative? Are you always trying to read something into the situation? Or can you just take a person for what they are? Can you look at people in a positive light? Or do you always say, wonder what their motive is? What did they really mean by that? You know, they say like, good morning. (laughs) Some of you want to say, you notice the way they said good What does that mean? Well, this is the problem. You see, the scripture says this. Finally, listen, this is scripture. This is not me. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. Some of us are all negative. You got to prove it before you trust anybody. Come on. Let's look for good in people. That doesn't mean you throw the part of your mind that finds a little discernment out. But let's look at people positively. These guys come. They're offering condolences. And the supposedly wise men say to the leader, you're wrong. These guys are here for the wrong motive. They were wrong. The wise people were wrong. How many times have we gotten in trouble by jumping to conclusions? putting our foot in our mouth. 
had to back up, make a few phone calls, because we started spreading something that was not true, just because we didn't trust somebody. So that's what happened here. Don't jump the conclusions, just wait. Verse 4, so Hannah, the leader, believed his religious leaders, his wisdom men, and he seized David's men, and he shaved them, cut off their garments in the middle at the buttocks, and sent them away. This is like the first streakers in the Bible. Hmm. Now, 2 Samuel 10 says they shaved half their beards. In the Oriental culture, it was an insult of absolutely the worst of anything. It was special to them. It was not, it doesn't really mean that to us. I shaved mine because I had more gray in it than I had black. But these people, it was, especially in that time, it was a very holy kind of thing, and they shaved half their beards. Not only that, but they were required to wear one of those hospital gowns that flaps in the back. How many know what those are like? Not my favorite thing. Here they were. Now this totally humiliated the men. Look at verse 5. When someone came and told David about the men, he sent messengers to meet them, for they were greatly humiliated. And the king said, Stay at Jericho till your beards have grown, and then come back. Now when the Ammonites realized that they had become a stench in David's nostrils, Hanun and the Ammonites sent a thousand talents of silver to hire chariots and charioteers from Aram, Neharam, Aram, Mecca, and Zobah. By the way, the quantity of silver that you see there, a thousand talents, listen, 30 Seven tons. A lot of money in those days. Now, when you walk in the flesh and you become critical and you carry out gossip and you're willing to look at the negative rather than the positive, bad things will happen to you as they did to these people. You see, war is going to break out now because they looked at the negative and didn't realize the motive of the people David had sent. They're going to go into war, their families are going to go into war, and really, the whole area is going to explode. How often, listen, has a church been destroyed by the same thing? A little bit of gossip, a little bit of negative, and pretty soon the whole church is destroyed. Why? Because we didn't go back and trust God and ask for the real reason, get the real facts before the horse was out the gate. Be careful in gossip. Be careful in the things that you carry. We all have to be careful. Let's be positive people, looking for truth rather than looking for negative. We've got to be people of grace. Remember, we walk with a God that's full of grace. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to say wrong things. So am I. Let's be gracious and forgiving with one another. Let's give each other the benefit of the doubt. Let's not go out trying to string each other up. Come on. Let's be gracious. Verse 7, they hired 32,000 chariot and charioteers 
as well as the king of Machon with his troops who came and camped near Medeba. While the Ammonites were mustered from their towns and moved out for battle. On hearing this, David sent Joab out with the entire army of fighting men, and the Ammonites came and drew up the battle formation at the entrance to their city, while the kings who had come were by themselves in the open country. So David, known for war, known for his ability, gets together and prepares for war. Verse 10. Joab saw that there were battle lines in front of him and behind him. So he selected some of the best troops in Israel and deployed them against the Arameans, the Syrians. And he put the rest of the men under the command of Abishai, his brother. And they were deployed against the Ammonites. I love verse 12. Listen, Joab says to his brothers, if the Syrians or the Arameans are too strong for me, then you're to rescue me. But if the Ammonites or the Syrians are too strong for you, then I will rescue you. See, they were a team. What does that mean as a team? Here's what it means. It means that we are fighting on many fronts. I just listed a few of them. Men's, women's, singles, divorce care, music, couples, children, students, and the list goes on and on. We all have our own areas of battle. And it means when I'm maybe struggling, some of you are going to come alongside and help me. When you're struggling, we're going to come along inside and help you. We're in this together. We're a team. We're in this together. We're here fighting the enemy. And the enemy is not us. The enemy is Satan. So relax. As we continue to grow and you say, well, I can't find my favorite parking place. I don't know who would ever have a favorite parking place. <laughs> it's going to be all right. Sometime the first will be last. And we'll talk about that later. Now, verse 13. Be strong and let us fight bravely for our people. Man, that's what we're doing. We're fighting for the people of God and the cities of God. The Lord will do what is good in his sight. Prayer was the key. Verse 14, and then Joab and the troops with him advanced to fight the Arameans and they fled before him. And when the Ammonites saw that the Arameans were fleeting, they too fled before his brother Abishai and went inside the city. So Joab went back to Jerusalem And after the Arameans saw that they had been routed by Israel, they sent messengers and had Arameans brought from beyond the river with Shapash, the commander of Hadiezer's army, leading them. So when they saw that they were hurting, they asked for help. They sent for help. They said, man, David's a great warrior. We need help. And they sent for their relatives from beyond the river. Verse 17. Now, when David was told of this, He gathered all of Israel and crossed the Jordan. He advanced against them and formed his battle lines against them. And David formed his lines to meet the Arameans in battle, and they fought against him. But they fled before Israel, and David killed 7,000 of the charioteers and 40,000 of their foot soldiers. He also killed Shapash, the commander of the army. Now when the vassals of Hadiazar saw that they had been defeated by Israel, they made peace with David and became subject to him. So the Arameans were not willing to help the Ammonites anymore. David saw that plan, and David went on the offensive. We talked about that a few weeks ago. David saw that the enemy was going to invade the land. Instead of that, he went and invaded their land. Jesus came to this earth on the offensive You remember what it says in 1 John 3, 8, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. We are to be on the offensive. Keep your finger there. Turn to the book of Mark, chapter 16. We must battle offensively. 
Jesus left us on this earth. He's transferred the authority of God to us. And in Mark chapter 16, we see what that means. We have to continue to invade Satan's territory one person at a time. We're always going to be at war. Here's what Jesus said as he was getting ready to leave this earth in verse 15. said to his disciples, Mark 16, verse 16, Go into all the world. By the way, that means across the street to your neighbor. And preach the good news to all creation. Whomever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. Notice some of our wonderful friends who believe that you have to be baptized to be saved. Take that verse, but they forget to read the second part. Notice the focus of that verse is not on being baptized. It's whoever believes or does not believe. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those that believe. By the way, let me ask you this question before I read it. Do you believe tonight? Well, here's the signs. In my name, Jesus' name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. What that means is, if you come across that kind of thing, as you're going, by the way, this is a very important key. Notice he says this, go into all the world. It's not like, well, if you sit at home, God's going to just protect me. He's going to do it. No, it's as we're what? Going. Many times we forget the context this is written in. This is as we move out, as we're offensively invading the enemy's territory, we can be assured that God's power is going to go with us. Now, when we go out, notice we're going to come to sick people. We're going to come to dangerous things in our lives. And we're also going to come to people that are filled with the enemy. And we can cast them out in the name of Jesus. And don't just head out tomorrow and do that. You need to understand what that means. But we are to continue to invade Satan's territory. We're not to draw back. We're the winners. We're to be on the offensive. That's what David did. The reason for our success, by the way, is always the Lord. Back to 1 Chronicles chapter 20. Now in the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, Joab led out the armed forces. By the way, in that part of the world, wars were not normally fought during the winter time because the rains and cold weather, you know, they didn't have the robes and all the, it was impossible to really have any kind of a campaign. They'd have to wait till spring came till the fighting would resume. So it says, Joab led out the forces at the time when kings go off to war in the spring and he laid waste the land of the Amorites and went to Rabbah and besieged it. But David remained in Jerusalem. And Joab attacked Rabbah and left it in ruins. By the way, this battle was about two years in length. Notice a very important key. Underline it in that verse. David remained in Jerusalem. Now the Chronicles don't give us the story of David. David's energies as the leader, the head warrior should have been on the battlefield. He should have been there with his men, but he remained at home. He'd become complacent, lazy, self-confident. Everything was growing great. 
He was a popular king. He had a great reputation. God had blessed him. I mean, after all, he deserved time to just kick back. But David forgot a very important spiritual principle. Temptation is often the strongest when things are going well. When you've just had a great victory, be careful. Because we kick back and think we've done it. We've been successful. No, it's usually when the enemy will begin to come after us. So because of lethargy and idleness and selfishness, David's energies, instead of focusing on the enemy, were now focused on himself. He sits at home and he relies on his own strength and his own wisdom. During this time is when David went out one night and saw Bathsheba bathing. This was the beginning of the downfall of David. What is the application for us? When you come to a spiritual place in your life where you're kicking back and everything is going great and you've started to coast and you feel you're standing strong and you're too strong to be tempted, watch out. See, the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, so if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. We have to be alert. We are never out of the reach of temptation. Never. That's why in your life, don't think, well, you know, I, Pastor Mark, I've been a Christian a long time, and those kind of things will never bother me. Here's some areas will never happen for me. You're asking for danger. Second, not only do we have to be alert that temptation never ends, but number two, we have to be alert to destroy pride. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. If you say to the place that you matured too much to be tempted for that area, get ready, because you're going to fall. You cannot trust in yourself. By the way, the book of Hebrews 12, I don't have time to read it tonight, but just to say this to you, it says in there, we need to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. The enemy is always looking for an area to get us. We all have weaknesses. And he's been at it longer than we've been at it. And he knows exactly how to get to us. That doesn't mean we're fearful tonight. It just means that we have to be alert. I think it's very interesting when you look at this. As a nation, listen, as a nation, Israel is winning the war. As a king, David is losing his private war. You see, the church can be going great. I could be losing my own private war. Doesn't seem right, does it? Family's going good. Business is going good. Everything's going great. Husband or wife might be losing their own war with lust or the internet or greed or gossip, whatever. The battle is there. Verse 2, David took the crown from the head of the king. Its weight was found to be a talent of gold and was set on precious stones and it was placed on David's head and he took a great quantity of plunder from the city and brought out the people who were there, consigning them to labor with saws and with irons and picks and axes. David did to all the Ammonite towns and David and his army returned to Jerusalem. What happened here is at the end of the battle, almost to the end, Joab called, 
David said, David, come on out. Symbolically, you can take the crown, whatever. He should have been there the whole time. He does it. He becomes them. He becomes the the symbolic uh, winner of the war. Now, in verses 4 through 8, I'm not going to take time to read it, but something very interesting. During this passage, we come back to the Philistines again. The constant battle with the Philistines. And in this passage, there are three giants that are killed. Three giants. Matthew Henry says this about this passage. I love it. The servants of David, though men of ordinary stature, were too hard for the giants in Gath in every encounter because they had God on their side who takes pleasure in abasing lofty looks and modifying the giants that are in the earth as he did of the old by the deluge, though they were known as men of renown. Never let the church's friends be disheartened by the power and the pride of the church's enemy. We need not fear great men against us while we have a great God for us. What will a finger more, one of these giants had a finger each more on each hand and a toe on each foot do in contest with the omnipotent of God? I love it. So you don't have to be afraid of the giants. And they took, by the way, all of these giants down. Let me just remind you of two things before we close. We are in constant spiritual warfare. The battle always continues. Number two, the battleground is in our minds. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. The battleground is in our mind. That's where it is. That's where we attack it. Number three, there is never reason for fear. There is a reason to be alert, but there never is a reason to fear. We are on the winning team. Turn to one verse before we leave. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. We have God. We have the upper hand. We have the word of God. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. And we have prayer. Be alert. As you live this week, the enemy will be alive. You don't have to fear. Romans 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger of sword? As it is written... For your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. In other words, Paul says we just lay our lives down for God. doesn't matter what happens. Then in verse 37 is our wonderful promise. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You don't have to be fearful tonight. We are more than conquerors. Conquerors. You know the old saying, we read the back of the book and we, not one, we win. We win. We're in the winning scene. You don't have to turn ESPN when you go home. We already won. We are on the winning team. Praise God. There were a few things Pastor Mark wanted us to be mindful of as we concluded our study today. The first was that we're always in the midst of spiritual warfare. When we get lax and comfortable, we're most vulnerable to the enemy's attacks. The second warning was about the battleground 
It is in our minds. Facebook and Twitter have become a regular part of our everyday lives. And we want to be sure to encourage you to check out our Facebook page and Twitter feed. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links. You can find information about everything that's happening at Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, we'll see David make a decision that goes against God one that will have disastrous consequences. Chapter 21 in 1 Chronicles will begin the image of Satan moving David to sin against God. And Pastor Mark will take some time to show us how Satan moves today and just what it is he's looking for. Temptation can rear its ugly head suddenly in moments that we least expect it. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time. As Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of 1 Chronicles. 